time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, 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 it's Friday. And it's not just Friday, it's Prophecy Week here at the Vintage Truth Podcast. And we're talking about the subject, why is revelation in the Bible? I mean, why did God put this bizarre book in the Bible. I mean, we've got, you know, Psalms there. We've got Ephesians. We've got Matthew. And then we got Revelation. So why is this book? So let's talk about that. And uh, the first part of this little series was this past Monday, but you can check it on episode 47 on the Vintage Truth podcast. But we're going through this whole idea of why in the world uh, is Revelation there? And, you know, we talked about several different things about why Revelation is so hard and why we do avoid it. And, and, and I get that. You'd be very surprised at how many people avoid Revelation. In fact, less than one in five, just less than one in five professing Christians in America read their Bible once a day. So you've got five Christians. That means that like four point nine of them or whatever, read their Bibles every day. 18% of Christians never touch their Bibles, ever, ever. Never pick it up, never look at it, that kind of thing, right? Statistically. And if they're doing that to the whole Bible, I can guarantee you they're doing that to Revelation because people avoid Revelation more than they even avoid the Bible itself because of the reasons that we talked about last time. But as we said last time, the, the, the book of Revelation is this climactic crescendo of God's truth to the church. And so he's like, hey, this is, you're just getting ready to hit, hit the peak of this whole movie to explain how the whole movie's going to end. And you're falling asleep in the theater. That's what's happening. You know, in Revelation, we see Jesus say this several times. He says in Revelation 22, verse 7, behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who heeds the pro the words of the prophecy of this book. Again, in that same chapter, he says, Behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me. Again, he says, in that same chapter, for the third time, Yes, I am coming quickly. You think he's trying to get something across to us here? Like three times? He's repeating this to us for emphasis, and any good teacher who's listening out there knows that repetition is a fantastic way to drive home a point. He also says in that exact same chapter, Revelation 22, he says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. It's Revelation 22, 16. You know what? Revelation is not primarily for the world. It's not primarily so that the world can read about how the end of the world is going to happen. Because if they do that, they'll read about themselves, about how they curse God in the, in the, the, the tribulation period. It's for the church. It's for believers so that believers can wake up. Check this out. Romans thirteen eleven. Paul wrote this to the Romans. He says, do these things understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation or our deliverance is nearer now than when we first believed. 
That's right. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13 says, May he strengthen your hearts so that you'll be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. Listen, God wants us to be ready. And when you read Revelation, now watch this. According to Jesus, the timing of his return, whether it's sooner or later, we don't know when he's coming. But the timing of, of his return is secondary to the spirit, character, and urgency he desires his bride to exhibit until that time. Did you get that? So it's not about timing as much as, as it is about our character, our spirit, and our sense of urgency that we have to live purposeful lives now for him. So in other words, it's the condition of the bride over the chronology of the events. Does that make sense? Now you get somewhat of a chronology in the book of Revelation, but it's really the condition of the bride that he's concerned about. And he wanted us to be informed. The two biggest problems in the church today is A, no information or lack of information because they're not being taught. And then secondly, misinformation. They're being taught the wrong things. They're being misled by those out there in the Christian community. So, so let's begin answering this question here. Today I'm going to tackle this question. Why is Revelation so relevant for me? I mean, what about for me as, a, as an average Christian? Why is it so now for me in my life? Just as relevant as any other book of the Bible. Let me give you several reasons here. Number one, it's relevant because of the condition of our world and culture right now. I mean, we are witnessing a cultural and spiritual shift, like tectonic plates are shifting under the surface in our country. This generation has shifted in their thinking, and they've moved from pseudo-Christians to post-Christian in our culture. We're not just pretending to be Christians anymore. We're, complete, we're beyond that. I mean, ask the world. Ask your culture. Ask American society. Ask the average person. Put a poll out there and see whether or not we're still Christian. No, we're way past the Christian thing. We don't need that stuff anymore. In fact, in some ways, we're even pre-Christian because a lot of people are, are growing up now without any knowledge about God or the Bible. So emerging generations now are increasingly more difficult to reach and to teach. And many have already been swept away by the strong undertow in our country of pluralism, cultural correctness, and doctrinal and moral apostasy. Yes, we are living in the days of Noah again. The, these these preview days leading up to this generation that will experience the coming tribulation period. So I believe Revelation is more relevant now than ever before. And let me give you a couple of of, of quick things. This is real quick. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get into these things real deep, but, but just some of the signs we're seeing right now. Number one is the existence of Israel and its prominence in world affairs. Before 1948, Israel wasn't a nation. For 20 centuries, she wasn't a nation. The Bible said, Ezekiel 36 and 37, that, that Israel would become a nation again. Guess what? Israel is a nation again. And Revelation and its events hinge upon Israel becoming a nation again. Well, they're a nation again. Another sign is global economic instability. There's this organization called the, the World Economic Forum, and they put out these these reports every year about what they think, you know, is going on. And one of the things they, they've said recently is that 
countries are now so dependent upon one another that if one country collapses financially, it, it starts to drag other countries down. That's what we're happening. That's what we're seeing right now. That's going to happen in spades in the tribulation period. Third, there's tensions in the Middle East. That's another reason that the condition of our world brings relevance to Revelation because there will be great tensions in the Middle East that will be temporarily solved by the Antichrist with a peace treaty with Israel. Another one is that uh, Revelation 13 tells us about the mark of the beast. Well, right now we have the technology for the mark of the beast. Whatever that's going to be, we don't know exactly what that's going to be. It's going to be on your right hand or your forehead, but the technology is there. And I've got a lot to say about that, talk about that in uh, Wake the Ride. There's also hostility against Scripture's God and His people. Don't you feel the hostility against Christians? Now, maybe not in your little community, but out there in American culture, there's a lot of hostility. Try standing up for something that the Bible says is true. Give it a shot and see where it gets you. And so we see that we're, the condition of our world and culture is one reason why Revelation is so relevant to us now. The second reason is because of the state of the church right now. People are being kept from Revelation because of ignorance and because of fear. We want to keep our church services upbeat, positive, and happy. Come on, people, get on your feet. Put your hands together for Jesus, right? We just want to keep things upbeat and positive. And yeah, I want that too. And, and Revelation overall is a very positive book. If you haven't read it in its context, you might not know that. But there are other kind of sobering things. I mean, think about Winston Churchill in World War II. I mean, he didn't get on radio every day and just say, hey, guys, isn't it a great day? Look at that smog. Oh, that's not smog. That's smoke from the bombs the Germans dropped on us last night in here in central London. I mean, when you're in a time of war, when you're in a season where there is darkness on the horizon, sometimes you have to just admit there's some sobering truths here that we need to admit. And Revelation brings those sobering truths to us. And because of this ignorance that a lot of people have in the church today, most of them miss the benefits and the blessings of Revelation and of Bible prophecy in general. In fact, Revelation is the only book that promises you a blessing if you read it, hear it, and obey it. What read it means you look at it with your eyeballs, okay? Hear it is when you hear it taught, and then heed it is when you obey what God told you to do in the book of Revelation. So there's huge, huge benefit to that. In fact, in the back of Wake the Bride, I've got 15 perks of prophecy, 15 benefits or 15 reasons and benefits that, that, that help you in your Christian life be, as a result of Bible prophecy. So there's huge benefits for us. Third reason on, on the state of the church thing is that biblical illiteracy among believers, as I said at the beginning of this broadcast, is, is just rampant. I mean, people are not reading the Bible. And so if you have little understanding of doctrine, then you're not going to be able to articulate a reasonable defense of your faith out there in the world because people ask questions. They want to know stuff, and Christians don't know stuff. That's why I'm so grateful for apologists out there like Ravi Zacharias and Bobby Conway. Guys like Frank Turek and Jay Warner Wallace. I mean, they're, they're guys out there that are really good at what they do. You need to watch their YouTube videos. They're amazing. But if we don't know how to defend our faith, we're not going to know how, how Scripture really applies to our daily life either. Because we're not in the Word, we don't know these things, right? So 
all of our cutting edge presentations, as great as they might be in our churches, they're not cutting it because our faith, unfortunately, is largely fueled by self-help Sunday morning celebrations covered over with veneer of a Bible talk and a concert stage presentation commonly called worship. But the question is, what are we making out of those people out there sitting in those chairs? What are we producing when the lights come back up and the doors open in the back? What's leaving the building? Someone who feels good? Someone who greets another person? Or are we strengthening disciples? That's one of the things that doctrine does. And Bible prophecy is doctrine. It's eschatology, the study of the end times. 28% of the Bible is prophetic. So due to this biblical disconnect that we have as Christians, and this is why Revelation is so important, by the way, due to this biblical disconnect that we have in the body of Christ, we develop this unconscious dependency on our emotions or on our random thoughts that we have about God and how to live. Those trump knowledge and faith that's rooted in God himself that we get from the word. So we end up confusing this whole idea of self-fulfillment. It's that the idea that God exists to make me happy, right? God exists to make me comfortable and happy. That's the purpose of God is to give me a great life, we think. And we confuse that with what Jesus called for, which is radical discipleship and intimacy with him. We have forgotten his promise of coming back in the church. We've forgotten that. That promise no longer fills us with expectancy and hope. It no longer motivates us to, towards purity and preparedness because we've just lost it. And that was part of what Jesus said to the seven churches in Revelation 2 through 3. It's like, you guys are so off. You're so far off track here. It's like, if you were a guitar, you'd be out of tune. You know what I'm saying? If you were driving on a racetrack, you would be like off the track. If you were flying, you'd be off the radar. You are the church and you have left me. You've left the main road. And so Revelation really was written to restore that hope, to call the church back. First of all, call the church to be awake and then to repent and return to those things that the church knew from the very beginning. And so when you dive into Revelation, let me just give you three things that you, that you get, and, and then we'll pick this up next time here. Three things you get. Number one, you get comprehension because you understand the flow of the book of Revelation. You discover stuff. Don't you love to discover things in the Bible? So you get this idea of comprehension. Secondly, there's a sense of preparation that is that takes place in your mind because these truths begin to marinate in your spirit. And it produces this, this what I call a believer bride who is pure and prepared for the coming of Jesus Christ. There's a great verse in 1 John 2. And John is writing about this very thing about Jesus Christ coming back for us. And this is what he says. Excuse me, it's 1 John 3 and verse 2. It says, Beloved, now we are the children of God, and it is not appeared as yet what we shall be we know that when he appears we will be like him 
because we will see him just as he is. He said, what's the point of that? That's, that's revelation right there. It's telling us that Jesus Christ is coming back. We need to get ready for him. The very next verse says this, 1 John 3, 3. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. So there's this incredible purifying influence. So there's comprehension that you get through Revelation. There's a sense of preparation that you get. And then finally, there's motivation. I mean, Christ's own words in Revelation create this compelling desire within us and give us purpose and a sense of urgency. It helps us process world events that we see happening right now in light of ancient biblical prophecy and the book of Revelation. I mean, it helps us understand how to embrace a lifestyle of expectant hope. It helps us learn how to trust a God who is in control of all things, even the world, even world leaders, even Satan. It helps us embrace a desperate need to return to a vintage faith and a first love of Jesus Christ, something we all had at the beginning, including the early church. And Revelation also allows us to encounter God in the now, viewing our lives in light of eternity with a sense of destiny. Hey, listen, I get it. Man, some mornings I wake up and I just go, why am I waking up? This bed is awesome. I mean, I just want to lie here for a while and just let the, let the world go by kind of thing. You know, what am, I, what am I going to do when I get up? You know, you get up and you go to your job. You get up and go to class. You get up and go to the house. You just do your thing, right? And sometimes you don't even know why you're doing it or why you keep doing it. And you just want to change. You want to do something different. Hey, when you, when you dive into Revelation, it gives us a sense of destiny, of purposeful destiny, that history is headed somewhere, and we're riding this train, and we're on it, and we get to see the scenery as we pass by. So this whole idea of, of God giving us this final book of Revelation is amazing. It's incredible. It's mind-blowing. And he put it there so that you dive into it. Now, yeah, there, there's some sticky thorn bushes in, in Revelation. There's some pretty steep cliffs there. I mean, there's some places where the gravel is loose and you're going to lose your footing. There's some, some rocky edges that you can get cut on. And there are, there are paths that if you walk down it with the wrong, the wrong flashlight, I mean, you'll end up in the wrong place in terms of your conclusions of what you think. That's why you need a good study Bible. You need a good book to kind of give you a, a guide through it kind of thing. Because there are people that have studied this and there are people that, that have a kind of a panoramic view of Scripture and a Bible prophecy that can kind of give you the heads up about what's coming around the corner or how this fits into the overall picture. And that's what I try to do for you in, in Wake the Bride. I try to help you through that. I do that in the end of America as well. I mean, just trying to help you understand where we are and what in the world's going on right now. But here's the thing. God gave us revelation not just to inform us, but to transform us and to make us into people that know what the heck we're doing with our lives. Does that make sense? I mean, God really wants us to understand. He wants us to know. And though we can't specifically identify every little way that every little verse in Revelation is going to be fulfilled, you know what we can know? We can know generally where things are going. We can know a lot that people say you can't know. There's a lot more to know than people claim there is. But as you dive in, as you walk through 
as you, as you put on those those hiking shoes and you begin to climb Prophecy Mountain, climb Mount Revelation, you know what I'm saying? As you do that with a good guide, you know what happens? The view from up there is spectacular. And you can see things not only that other people can't see in the world, you see things that you would never see. Friends, that's just part of what Revelation gives us. Hey, thanks for joining me on Prophecy Week. We're going to kick it up on Monday with a whole new episode of the Vintage Truth Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.